Good evening and welcome to another episode of Front Porch Candor. Today's podcast is titled, Finding Our Identities Through Christ, Defying Labels. I've been eager to approach this topic as for me, it has been my walk in Christ for many years now. When God begins to draw back the curtain upon our purposes for being, we have a choice. We can embrace it and turn away from the world's attempts to label us, or we can allow the world to prevent us from walking hand in hand with whom the Creator calls us to be each day. Our first foundational scripture today from Galatians 5:22 through 23 outlines God-like characteristics for Christians. And it goes as follows, and we, we need to focus on and ask ourselves, is this us? Is this how we are projecting ourselves to the world through Christ? And we can also ask trusted friends, is this how they see us? But we also know in our heart of hearts, when we pray to God, the Holy Spirit will reveal where we are lacking. And then it's up to us to accept and embrace that or reject it and continue on in a sinful state. So again, Galatians 5:22 through 23 states, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but take a quick review in your mind of the current events that have led each day this week and see how many of those can be applied to whom and to which situations and also to our own reactions to those events. So anyway, let's start and examine each of these virtues individually. We'll begin with love. And we know that scripture tells us that we are to exhibit Christ-like love for all people, seeking what is just or right, irrespective of person in agreement with 1 Corinthians 13. Now, when we think about that, that means that you don't treat somebody according to the fact that, oh, this is my family. No, because your family is the body of Christ. And then we don't treat someone according to their appearance because we all have character flaws and physical flaws that our father overlooks when we are in him. He loves and embraces us for who we are. Our social standing, because we understand that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. The judgment of our character. You no, know, I did find a certain race or group of people as being somehow less than you and therefore you don't have to love them. Not so in God's body of Christ, not so at all. So then we move on to joy and we don't need to confuse joy with happiness because happiness we understand is based upon a set of uh, circumstances. That might be money, how much you have in your pocket or in the bank, in stocks and bonds and stored up that won't go to heaven with you. Material possessions, all these things we may look at. And in fact, you can have, as we see right now occurring in our communities and nation and world, some people have all the riches in the world, yet joy escapes them. They can be made happy for a moment and that may be enough for some people. Some people are not living for eternity. They're living for right now. And that's okay. No judgment. But for those of us who, and I'm speaking to the Christians right now, because this is a Christian podcast, but for seekers, hear me now. The joy that you find in living a life for Christ is incomparable and cannot be measured 
by what you find in happiness in the world. When the world rejects, and it does often, others based upon different things, uh, know that the joy of the Lord shed abroad in your heart spills out onto others. It cannot be contained, in other words. Um, We move from joy to talk about the godlike characteristic of peace. What is peace in this world? A chaotic time in our history? You know, unlike any other, but still the same in other ways. We can look in the Bible and see that there were chaotic times then. We can look at slavery in our own country's history, as well as the civil rights movement during that time. That was chaos in this world. It was darkness in this world. How did those individuals who were marginalized, oppressed, and just disenfranchised from their votes and treated as animals even, how did they find peace? It surely wasn't from the money or possessions that they had because they had little often and most often, but they had something bigger than that. They had the peace of the Lord and that surpasses all understanding in this world. When the world has given you its best shot and you're still standing firm in your shoes of peace and your full armor of God, that is true deliverance and that comes from above. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit takes us and leads us into this peaceful place that cannot be approached by mere mortals. So then we move to forbearance. Now forbearance is a situation where I think a lot of people confuse anger as the world knows it with righteous indignation. And I like to think that we have the right to sometimes look at what is occurring in this world and be righteously indignant. Turn the table on the evil that we see that is not about our father and understand wherever we go, it's our father's house because God created this beautiful world. It doesn't matter that the darkness tries to overtake the light, it shall not be. Because again, God will always be the victorious. Now we look again and we see that there is um a call for us to indeed not allow our anger to overtake us. My anger, our anger should passionately drive us forward for change as it did our ancestors. As it did those people who came over here on the boat and some drowned and were sick and diseased. But when they made it, they worked through to come to where we are right now. They held on through Christ. And we look at everyone from Harriet Tubman to Sojourner Truth. Oh my goodness, we have so many. Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King. So many that I cannot attempt to name them in this short forum. forum. But we look at them and we understand that they had to learn to harness the energy that it took to be angry and to continue on doing Christ's work. And that is, I think, the characteristic of God that others see sometimes as pure anger when it's truly righteous indignation, meaning not in my father's house. You and my father exist in me and my heart. You won't do to me what he won't let you do. So I can be righteously indignant. I can advocate for others as I see fit according to the Holy Spirit. He will always guide you when it's time for you to stand firm and speak up. 
No way God intends for us not to support our brothers and sisters who remain in chains behind oppression and everything else that happens and hinders a relationship, a true relationship as God intends it with one another in this world. We can indeed speak up and we should. So then we move to kindness. What is kindness as far as this Uh, I guess scripture is referring to it is God, the way he demonstrates kindness through mercy and grace and forgiveness, even when we don't deserve it. So yes, we ought to met it out to others because you know what? At the end of the day, much is required to whom much has been given. And we have received an overabundance of God's kindness each morning when we take our first breath, when we lay our heads down to sleep in safety and God holds us, that's his kindness. We can honor him by doing the same for others. Does that mean that, you know, there's a time when you cannot somehow remove yourself from harmful individuals in your life? You don't have to embrace that. You can be kind as you walk away, I say. And I think we have to learn that that's okay because we move forward in life and we don't have to stay stuck with individuals and chained to them if they're not going in the same direction. And that means whether it's in your family, in your church, or in your, you know, in the country, there is a dividing line that we have to understand. That doesn't mean that God intends for us to break up all of our families and be a division a dividing force in our communities or be a dividing force in the nation. It just means that we have to stay in the word, meditate, pray in the word. And we have to continue to ask God to show us what is the kindest way to love, you know, some individuals and, and to also continue on on his purpose in our lives. Then there's goodness generosity of spirit out of what God has poured into us. That overflow, man, it's what feeds the others in our lives. It feeds those strangers that come into our lives. There's goodness and mercy tied into that. When we have, when we look at that, we understand how we are to treat the strangers that come and the aliens or the immigrants, should I say, because again, I understand the aliens has a negative connotation. I appreciate that. So excuse me. But when we look at that and we learn that we are one as a people and we all have the same concerns for our lives and our children's lives, our family's lives, then we stop just being able to put blinders on and pretend that the human beings that we are hurting, they're not like us. Out of that goodness, yes, we can find commonality. And then we look at faithfulness, standing firm in God, refusing to stand down, even though it's costly, even though it might be your job. I understand that. I've experienced that. Even though it may be costly to your children, my children understand that and have made that decision often. But we have to be willing to tell the truth about whatever it is that's going on and stand firm in it and tell them whose we are and tell him about, tell everyone about the power of God. No matter if it's a convenience or inconvenience, whether it's safe or unsafe, whether they want to hear it or not, this forum 
as a pod a podcaster, I get to decide what I want to speak about as led by the Holy Spirit. I contend that he called me to this as he's called me to many other things. And I'm going to walk it. I'm going to walk it out. And that means sometimes it's going to be a little scary for others. And it might even be a place that I've been timid in in the past. But as I grow in Christ, I expect to just stand firm and be faithful to him. His message must come out louder than the message of hate that we hear now, than the separation that the enemy is trying to sow in this world. His message must get out. And we as Christians are the ones who are supposed to deliver it hands, feet, and voice. So then we look down at gentleness, respecting the feelings of others. Respecting the feelings of others means that we don't try to destroy others based upon their appearances and based upon things that are not about the ideals that go against God. Because God never, Jesus never, you can never show me in the Bible where it was okay for a Christian to mock anyone based upon their appearance, based upon, you know, their station in life. In fact, Jesus called those people out. In fact, those very people who are now denigrating certain individuals based upon their looks won't recognize Jesus when they see him. Because we understand that he's not going to look the way that many of us have been taught he will look. So why can't we then embrace each other as the spirits of God and learn how to approach one another when we disagree in gentleness, in kindness, in love? I mean, all the things that Christ has taught us. Finally, we look at self-control. And if you've ever seen someone completely out of control, in their speech, and how they are flashing and, 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 should I say, just striking out at others because of their own woundedness or their own self-centeredness, narcissism, whatever it is, whatever it is, if you are completely out of control, then how is that developing discipline over the, the temptations in your life? Some will say, well, now we only respond in that way when we are provoked. And Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. That's self-control. Because what we are doing is trying to get our message across without actually becoming what we see as hate, what we see as unkind behavior. Be kind is not just a slogan that you just slap out without actually attempting to achieve it. And so this is where we are right now in our country's history. We we do need to be kind because at the end of the day, it's not political correctness. It's not, you know, whether or not someone's feelings are hurt, but it is about whether or not we are acting like whose we say we are. Just thinking about Abba's eyes upon me as I go off sometimes is enough to pull me right back into position and knowing, oh no, this is not about me. This is about trying to get across what's important in this situation. And I've had to advocate for many, including my own children. And I understand the passion behind that. So I have had to explain, I'm not this angry black woman. 
But who I am is a determined child of God saying that you cannot kill the spirit of my child, saying to you that you can't steal from children of God and not have that come back and revisit you, whatever way it does, by the way. I just happen to be one who doesn't believe in seeking uh, a resolution through the courts. I do want to sit down and that's what Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to be able to sit down and respect the rules of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we love one another as ourselves. You have aspirations and dreams. I have aspirations and dreams. We have the same for our children. Then we ought to understand that every parent, every mother and every father had should have the same for their own children. To deny that and to deny them the privilege based upon where you were born in life is not right. So as we grow in Christ, we can expect for our spiritual DNA to supernaturally apply itself to these uh, gifts that we have received from the Holy Spirit. We can, um, our lives are not simply formed and shaped right there on Sunday morning. It's formed and shaped every day through devotions, through scripture, through sitting down and giving God his time, through praying without ceasing, through meditating on his word, through fellowshipping with others who are heading in the same direction as we and reaching out to those who still live in darkness. So when we look at that, our second biblical reference is one most of us learned as the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Alternately, a similar text from John 13 verses um, 34 through 35 states, a new command I give you, excuse me, a new command I give, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So then, by these descriptive fruits of the Spirit, we desire, develop, and identify by our specific behaviors or characteristics as members of the living body of Christ. We can begin to find uh, our truest identities when we submit to becoming more Him and less us. Children of God don't seek to um, take revenge on innocent people. Don't hold back that which was freely given to them. Do not support others in wrongdoing. Do not hide behind fake truths when we know that there is only one truth and that is the truth of our God. And there is no confusion where that stands. The same attempts to keep slaves held in bondage in Israel also are used currently and have been used in our country. We can't allow ourselves to, um, I guess, fall prey to the same bad habits century after century after century after century. When we know God and we know his word, we are obligated as Christians, Christ followers, 
to then live up to whose we say we are. As we acquire the attributes or characteristics, we can then apply them in every aspect of our lives, no matter the location or vocation. By implementing a Matthew 7, 12, John 13, 34 through 35 approach to life, we invite and respect the conviction of the Holy Spirit over all we do. We can tell those who actually revere the word of God. As children, we knew not to cross certain lines when it comes down to being a Christian and following the ways of the world. We respected God above all, it seems. And in my neighborhood, in my life, I never saw what I see now. And I think it is an abomination. But we all fall short. And I accept that. But even when you fall short, you are expected to move from a babe in Christ to a toddler in Christ, to a tween in Christ, to a teen in Christ, to an adult, young adult, and then older, senior adult. You should have growth and it should be visible growth as you remain in Christ because he's going to continuously pour into you. If you keep having to start over each Sunday when you seek forgiveness and then on Monday you're back at the same habits, you're attacking people, innocents, you're oppressing and marginalized individuals, disenfranchising them from their very rights. I don't understand how that can be condoned by the shepherds of the church. And I don't indict any shepherd, but the word clearly does. For if we are not teaching and preaching the truth of the word to one another, uh, should I say the shepherds to their sheep and to one another, because we are to hold one another accountable. Then we are in troubled times and we recognize that. So how does this all relate back to defying labels? Above all, as children of God, we can see through his word that many opposed and rejected his son, Jesus Christ. Some will forever have issues with those who are in the body of Christ, either accepting or rejecting the children of God. And it's okay. We continue to trust a sovereign God who rules over all, who deposes kings and sets up kings, who indeed delivers us from all our troubles. He will have the last say. With that, God bless each and every one of you and the peace of God be with you. 